everybody. Welcome to Valley Creek. Come on. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Whatever campus you're at today, come on. Let's just welcome each other together. I am so glad that you are here today. And I hope this week you had some victory over the giants in your life. You see, last week we finished up our series called Face Your Giants, talking about dealing with the things that have been holding us back. And that was a really big series for our church. It was a really big series because we went right at a whole bunch of brokenness and pain that exists in all of our lives. And we talked about how can we find victory and freedom in Jesus' name. And my hope for you is that that wasn't just a series, but that it's now going to be a way of life. And if you missed any of those messages, go online, watch them. That's probably the most important series that we've done the entire year. I want you to get it in your spirit. And last week as a church, what we did is, is we responded by faith. In fact, last weekend service, I've been doing this for years. Last weekend service was one of my top three favorite services ever. Because I watched thousands of people by faith, take their giant and throw it at the foot of the cross and say, I'm going to find victory and freedom in Jesus name. Watch thousands of people throw real giants. And I was watching those cards go to the ground, realizing the pain and the brokenness and the reality that so many of us have to deal with. And yet thinking about the hope that is here in this place because of Jesus See, God's been doing some amazing things. And I was thinking about it at the end of that service. I thought, don't you think the people in your life, don't you think they could have used some help facing their giants too? Like your friends and your family and your neighbors and your coworkers and the people you hang out with at school. Like, don't you think they, they could have used that help too? Well, I think they could. And I think that means we just got to keep inviting people to experience what God's doing here. Like we say, hope is here because Jesus is here. And I love this verse. It says, I will tell everyone everywhere about your wonderful works. Come on, if God is defeating giants in this place, why would you let people you love deal with their giants alone out there? Sometimes we got to step out of ourselves and be like, I, I don't know what's happening, but God's moving in my church and you should come and you should just come see it because hope is there because Jesus is there. Are you with me on that? Come on, we cannot keep to ourselves what God is doing here. The way we steward it is by giving it away. And so it was an amazing series. I hope you keep walking that out in your life. And when you came in today, you got one of these Thanksgiving grocery cards. Real quick, I just want to tell you that starting next week, we're going to have our, our Thanksgiving grocery opportunity at our Next Step Center. We've done this the last two years, and the goal is to feed more than 1,000 families, not just on Thanksgiving, but for the entire week of Thanksgiving. And what that requires is just about everybody in our church to participate in some way. You see, if you've never seen the Next Step Center, the Next Step Center is in the Louisville area. It's right next to our Louisville campus, and it's a ministry center that all the whole point is to serve people with no strings attached. To transform the city one life at a time. And what we do is we find real needs that are out there and we do what Jesus would do. We meet them with no strings attached. There are more than a thousand families that we know of all around the region that if we don't help feed them over Thanksgiving, they won't have food. 
That's where we come in and actually get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so here's the challenge. You got one of these cards. It shows you what we need. You can bring it to the Next Step Center November 16th through the 22nd. Or you can go and serve there and pack bags. You can go with your group. And here's what I want to challenge. I want to challenge every person in our church. If you do nothing else, if all you ever do is come here and just come here infrequently, whenever, okay, this is one of those things. You got to do it, man. Why? Because sometimes you just got to get your hands a little bit dirty and you got to realize that there's broken people beyond your life and we have the opportunity to do something about it. And if all you can afford is one can good, bring one can good. And if you can bring a car full of groceries every day all week, bring a car full of groceries every day all week. We want to serve more than a thousand families with the life and the love of Jesus. Parents, take your kids to the, to the grocery store and explain to them what you're doing and take them to the Next Step Center. Groups, go do it together. Serve teams, somebody step up and say, let's go do this together. If you work somewhere, tell the people at work, hey, my church is doing this thing at a Next Step Center. You want to do this with me? You got friends at other churches. Everyone is always looking for a way to make a difference in life. Here you go. No strings attached. I challenge every person in our church, every family to do something, to participate in some way, shape, or form. Because look at what Jesus says. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus to be hungry over Thanksgiving. So let's feed Jesus by feeding a thousand families getting your hands a little bit dirty, going out of your way and stepping outside of your life for a few minutes because this is hope on the move. This is what is all about and who we are. Are you with me on that? Okay. All right. Now hold on to that. Put it in your back pocket. Remember it because I'm about to take you somewhere. You with me? Okay. At the beginning of this year, we did something huge for us. We changed our vision. After eight years of having the same vision of helping people take a next step on their journey with Jesus, we started a new vision because we feel like God was giving us a bigger vision for this next season. And so our vision as a church is to be a movement of hope for the city and beyond. You want to talk about pioneering. This is pioneering. When you change your vision, you're taking new ground and going to new places. And so Valley Creek Church is a movement of hope for the city and beyond. You say, what does that mean? What's a movement? Well, a movement is when individuals take their unique gifts, passions, talents, and resources and submit them to a common vision for an exponential return. In other words, it means all of us take what we've got and who we are and what God has entrusted us with and we bring it together for a common vision in order to literally shape the landscape around us. If you think about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a movement. It's forcefully advancing. The church is a community with a cause. We're a force on this earth. And all it means is like a bunch of little streams coming together into this one raging river that literally carves or shapes the culture around it. And if you think about a movement, any movement, whether it's in the church, in the kingdom, or in the world, a movement is really made up of these same five things. It's mission, passion, innovation, unity, and emerging leaders. 
Any movement you see anywhere in the world, that's what it's made up of. They have a mission that they're excited about. They're passionate about pursuing that thing. They are innovative about how they're going about it. They're unified. They give up their preferences and their opinions and their rights. And then they have emerging leaders, people rising up within their ranks to lead it to the next level. And so we are a movement of what? Of hope. And hope is not a feeling or an emotion. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. In fact, Jesus' main message when he was here on this earth was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, he said, change your mind. Hope is here. And he didn't make people go find hope. He came to bring hope to them wherever they were. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus gave them what they wanted so he could give them what they needed. He answered the questions they were asking so he could answer the questions they should have been asking. Like he gave Peter a net full of fish so he could speak to the God's purposes that were hidden in Peter's heart. He gave the woman at the well friendship so he could give her springs of living water. He gave the blind man sight so he could give the blind man salvation. He gave the crowd the bread and the fish so he could teach them about the kingdom of God. That's what hope does. Hope doesn't make people come look for it. Hope goes and finds them right where they are. So we want to be a movement of hope for what? For the city. What are cities made up of? People. People. And God loves people. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the city and beyond because hope is contagious. Hope cascades. Hope flows. When you're touched by hope, you can't keep it to yourself. It radiates beyond you. And the way we do this is two really simple things. Harbors and hope carriers. Harbors are campuses. Where you're sitting today, unless you're watching online, you're in a campus. It's like a harbor. If you think of a ship, every ship needs a harbor, but ships aren't made to stay in the harbor. They're made to be out there sailing the world, going and doing amazing missions, but every ship needs to come into a harbor and unload its junk and get filled up fresh and go back out. That's a campus, man. You are safe in this building, but you aren't created to stay in this building. You're meant to come in here, get rid of the garbage in your heart, the garbage in your life, hear the word of God spoken over you, have community, experience the presence of God, and then go back out and live the life that God, was cre- that God created you for. So we have harbors, campuses, and... Ready? Are we ready? Can we do it? Don't let me down. Boom. And hope carriers people who take the hope of Jesus everywhere they go. And so what's our strategy? Our strategy is to help people take the next step on their journey with Jesus from lost to leader. See, we all start lost and hopeless without God in this world. Our job is to reach people where they are, connect them to God and his people and develop them to become who they were created to be by helping them experience the gospel, a restored identity, a reconciled relationship and a redeemed purpose. That's the heart of God in their life. And then eventually they become kingdom leaders and hope carriers. This is who you were. This is who you become. You used to not have a heart. You now have a heart. And it's green because you're a Valley Creeker. Okay? So that's our strategy. And when you do that now, you become a hope carrier in the areas of life. 
The kingdom of God is a movement of hope. God wants his kingdom to come, not just in the church, but in every area of life. And we as the people of God are the church and we're supposed to take it everywhere we go. This week, again, talking to so many different Valley Creekers that I've seen out in the city, people that we gave these shirts to, people that have influence in family and education and government and sports and tech. It's amazing watching the reach. And if we would just change our mind about why we're there, we can shape the landscape of this whole region. Come on. Boom. That's who you are in Jesus name. And this is what we're about. This is our future. And so we said that we are one church that meets in multiple campuses that carries the hope of Jesus into thousands of locations. One church unified together, multiple campuses throughout the region. But we exist in thousands of locations because wherever you go, there we are. You're like, what? Yeah, because you're Valley Creek, man. So wherever you are. That's where we are. That's where a movement of hope is. That's where a hope carrier is just waiting to be released into that space. So that's our vision. It's a pretty good vision, isn't it? It's pretty big. I could talk about that all day long. You're like, no, save us. I can't be here all day. The Cowboys play. Okay. It's a great vision and it's super inspiring. But here's the deal. It won't just happen on its own. We actually have to do something about it. So God gave us this big vision. And then what we felt like he was saying to you to do right out of the gate was missional move, hope for the city. You say missional move, hope for the city. What's that? Well, a missional move is when you take a next step so somebody else can take theirs. It's the whole point. A missional move is when you move missionally so someone else has the opportunity to experience what Jesus offers. And if you say... Okay, well, what's that all about? Listen, every seat that anybody is sitting in right now, the seat you are sitting in right now was created from a previous missional move. Every seat that anyone is sitting in right now, someone else took a next step to create that seat so that you could come in and experience the hope of Jesus. And so what missional move hope for the city is, is we were praying and seeking God and we felt like God was inviting us to just, this was the best word that that we had was just double down. And he brought us to the parable of the talents. And if you remember that story, Jesus tells a story about a master who gives one guy one, one guy two, and one guy five. And he tells him to put it to work. And the guy with two takes two. He uses it, turns it into four. Master comes back, says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that really hit us because we realized we have four campuses. And we worked really hard. We had a a few years ago, we didn't have much as a church. But we worked really hard. We unified together. People sacrificed and served and led. And we took a little and we turned it into much. Four campuses. But what everybody forgets in the parable of the talents is after the master leaves, he now has to take the four and double down and do it again. And it's a whole lot harder to risk four than it is to risk two. And so we felt like God was inviting us to take everything we had, put it back right in the middle of the game and go from four campuses to eight campuses over the next four years. And so this is what we felt like God was inviting us to do. We've got a Flower Mound and Venue campus. We've got our Louisville campus, our Denton campus. And we felt like God was inviting us to start a university campus, a Gainesville campus, a campus somewhere out North Lake, Argyle, Roanoke. And the fourth campus, we said, we're not sure yet. 
that God will show us as we begin to, to move forward. And we said, what if we just drew a big circle around this whole region and went from being a church for a city to a church for a region? What if we said we're going to be a people that says we want to make sure every person that lives in this area has repeated opportunities to see and experience the hope of Jesus? What if we said that every student deserves to have a hub in their school district? That every child deserves to hear that God is good, Jesus has forgiven them, that they are loved and everything is possible. What if we said that every marriage deserved to have a harbor within a 20 minute drive of where they live to go when they're hurting and they're broken? What if we said every lost, lonely and broken person in this circles matters to God so they will matter to us? And we said, okay, that's a lot. That's big. And you start thinking hope carriers and, and, and harbors and how they all work together. Someone might live in, in Gainesville, but they might buy a car in Denton and run into a hope carrier who tells them about Jesus in this place called Valley Creek Church. And they go back home and all of a sudden they pass a Valley Creek and they're like, wait, I live five minutes from one. I can go. Or they might work in Louisville, but live somewhere over here in North Lake Argyle, Roanoke. And they meet a Louisville hope carrier that invites them to Louisville campus, but it's too far from where they live. And they say, oh, wait, but we're drawing a circle out there and there'll be something for you. You, you hear how that whole thing works together. Okay, well, obviously that's huge. So we said the total investment to do all that was $20 million. And it's an investment into the kingdom in the future that we needed to raise up 750 new serve team members for the four new campuses and develop 400 new leaders. We invited you to consider making a two-year commitment above and beyond what you already give to help us do this. We're a debt-free church. We're staying a debt-free church. And a whole bunch of people made commitments. And six million of the 20 million has already been given since February. So more than six million to do all this has been given. People are joining teams. People are stepping up as leaders saying, I want my life to count. I want to be a part of something bigger. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church and have a life that matters. And it's been happening. And so go to the next slide for me. Let me just show you this because some of you, all you ever see is the campus that you're at. So it's hard for you to visualize like what's actually happening. So this is our Flower Mound campus. If you've never seen this, this is our original campus. This is our broadcast campus. This is where we capture the message and send it out to all our other campuses so that we don't have to spend the technology resources at all those campuses. And so that only one person a week spends all the time writing a message and all the other leaders can be focused on meeting and serving people. So this is our Flower Mound campus if you've never seen it. And then we got our Denton campus. Come on, let's give it up for our Denton campus, by the way. This is our Denton campus. And I missed it. All you other campuses, give it up for the Flower Mound campus. Come on. This is our Denton campus. This was the first real campus that we launched and we had no idea what we were doing. But we figured it out. And this campus is full of amazing people and they're bringing hope to Denton. And then we launched our venue campus. And if you've never seen the venue campus, the venue is on the Flower Mound property, but it's its own campus. And every week there's multiple services here, hundreds of people that have an amazing experience bringing hope to the area. And then we started our Louisville campus. Wait, we should give it up for the venue campus. Come on, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> I'm so excited to what I need to tell you. Come on, give it up for the Louisville campus. 
Louisville campus is amazing and they're reaching the people of Louisville and doing amazing things. And then a few months ago, I got to share with you that we got our Gainesville campus. Let's give it up for Gainesville. You're like, why would you clap for that? Because that is under construction right now and it's gonna look like this. That is the rendering of what the Gainesville campus will become. So one of the four is currently under construction, will open in 2020. And so I have another big announcement for you. As we've been praying and we've been seeking God with a lot of diligence on where he wants us and what he wants us to do, I am super excited to announce to you that we have officially purchased and closed on land for our next campus, and it is going to be Argyle. So, we weren't sure. We weren't sure where it was gonna be, somewhere in that region, so go ahead and go to the next thing for me. Here's where it is, 35 West and 407, Valley Creek Argyle will exist right here in this space. This is literally, this is probably one of the best pieces of property anywhere out here. It's amazing how God worked behind the scenes. It's amazing because it allows us to reach all that's happening in Argyle, all of Northlake, Justin, Razor Ranch, 35 and 407. This is an amazing spot. We are literally, look, like here's what I want you to see. We are creating the future together. This doesn't exist. But now this belongs to the kingdom of God. This is now in the process of becoming a harbor of hope. So go to the next thing. You can just check this out. This is creating the future together. You got 35 here. This is 407 and God is gonna do some amazing things here in the days to come. It's humbling to get to be a part of what God is doing. Northlake, Justin, Razor Ranch, Argyle, West Flower Mound. This is incredible, guys. Come on, let me show you what the rendering, this is what we think it'll look like. Something like that, sitting right there, screaming to people, hope is here, hope is here, hope is here. Okay. Come on, that's awesome. Here's what. I have so much to say to you today, it's terrible. <laughs> Here's what hit us this week. Like we're just looking, when we first, hey Chris, go to the map again for me just real quick. When, when we just drew this, like it just sounded like a cool theory. It's like you go to whatever campus that you're at and you're like, yeah, yeah, cool, that sounds cool. Now all of a sudden you can start seeing it. Like that's exactly where the Gainesville campus now is. This is exactly where that piece of property now is. Like we're creating the future together. But it doesn't just happen. So now that we've got some things moving, and so basically we've, we're finalizing the plans. We will go to construction as soon as we can in the next few months. We will build that thing as fast as we can, and then we will open up and start reaching and serving that area of our region. That's what it means to be a movement of hope. Okay, but what do we do between now and then as we're going on this journey together? So are you still with me on all the excitement? Yeah. Okay, now let me just give you a couple real quick thoughts 
Because this doesn't just happen. We have to keep moving forward in faith. And the first thing is simply this. Start or keep giving. You're like, no, I want another announcement. (laughs) Start or keep giving. Listen to me. The gospel is free, but to spread it is not. It costs Jesus everything to bring hope into your life. And it will cost us something to bring hope into their life. Look Look at this verse. I love this. It says, but just as you excel in everything, you excel in a lot of things in your life. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Isn't that an interesting verse? He says, you excel in a lot of things. Maybe your business, maybe school, maybe your family, maybe relationships, maybe your health. Whatever you excel in the most, he says, make sure you excel in the grace of giving to that same level. So can I ask you, do you excel in giving? Do you respond to the grace of God that's on your life and allow it to move you to a lifestyle of generosity? Or do you just excel in a whole bunch of other areas? See, if you go to the next slide for me, every follower of Jesus, we're all on this journey of giving. We shared this in January. We don't do campaigns. We just invite you to do what the Bible says. And we said, there's a lot of us and we start here. We all start in this posture of, I'm considering. I haven't done it, but but I'll consider it. And then you can give for the first time. And then you start giving occasionally, like when you have the ability to do it in your mind. And And then you start doing it intentionally or regularly. And then you move to tithing, which is giving God back the first and best 10% of your income. And then you move to sacrificial, which is above and beyond your tithe. Here's what we forget. We're all somewhere on the spectrum, but what we're called to as followers of Jesus is we all start here, but we're all called to move to here. If you're actually following Jesus along the way, wherever you are, it's okay. My question for you is though, can you take one step and then hold that ground? Can you pioneer a little bit and then hold that ground? Don't lose it and retract. Say, I'm moving forward. I'm I'm not here yet, but that's okay. But I'm moving forward in Jesus' name. You see, go to that next verse for me. If you were one of the thousands of people that made a commitment in January, I think it's a great verse for us. It says, it would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you who should finish, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your, in the beginning, be matched now by your giving. In other words, he says, hey, faithfulness matters and commitment counts. Jesus tells this really interesting parable. He says, there is a father who tells his two sons to go work in the field. And the first says, I will go, but then doesn't. And the second says, I'm not going, but then does. Jesus says, which one of these two did what his father wanted? It's the second. It's not about what we say. It's about what we actually do along the way. So it's not about I made a commitment. It's I made a commitment and now in Jesus' name, I'm going to follow this thing through because he's doing a deep work inside of me. Again, parents, if you want to teach your kids, like we gave these piggy banks out to any family that want to, my kids have done about four or five of these each already throughout the year. Because why? Because I'm teaching my kids how to use money. I'm teaching my kids not to have idols in their heart. We live in an area that worships money. 
I don't want to raise my kids to worship money. I want to teach my kids to live a bigger life than themselves. Students, we invited you in Hub to be a part of it. For those of you that never got any information at the Info Center, you can start a commitment today and join the journey because here's what happens. When you start giving, it connects your heart to what we're doing. So start or keep giving. You with me on that? We're not as excited about that one. Why? Because it pulls stuff out of us that God wants to heal and free in Jesus' name. Second thing is start or keep taking next steps. Come on, the whole journey of walking with Jesus is following him one step at a time. This is why he says, come and follow me. He doesn't say, come and learn about me. He doesn't say, come to church and hear about me. He doesn't say, identify with me. He doesn't say, post one verse a year on your Facebook about me. No, he says, follow me. To be a movement of hope means we actually have to move move by just taking simple steps. In fact, earlier this year, we showed you nine next steps that we hope everybody at Valley Creek takes at some point on your journey. Very specific. To receive salvation and be baptized. To go to the first step class. Attend the freedom gathering. To get in a group or join a team. To go to second step. To start expressing your worship. Invite someone. Go to leader step and start giving. At some point, in no order, we hope everyone in our church does these nine next steps because we believe that will help you move the best from hopeless to hope carrier on your journey with Jesus. So my question is, what is the last next step you took? Do you know what it was? Is it that clear and defined that absolutely I have taken a next step in the last six months and it was this? If not, come on, start and keep going. Get baptized. Put your faith in Jesus. Go to first step. Start giving. Invite someone to service next week. Just start moving in Jesus' name. You with me on that? Because here's the deal. Hear me. If you live in Argyle, North Lake, Justin, you're out there and you're like, yes, I'll get involved when it happens. No, you won't. Because if you won't do it now, you won't do it then. I promise you. Just because it's more convenient and closer to your house, it ain't going to change much. Sometimes you got to say, I'm moving forward by faith in Jesus' name. Okay? Third thing is simply this. Start or keep being our culture. This is so important. Start or keep being our culture. Listen, our culture is what you like about Valley Creek. Our culture is probably the most important thing we have to steward together. Like, we have a great vision, but every church has a great vision. Have you ever heard of a church with a bad vision? Have you, every church is like, we want to change the world. We want to make disciples. We want to reach the lost. I've never heard a church that's like, we want to be comfortable. We just want to sit here and not do much. We want to be religious and just hear good teaching week after week after week after week after week after week. No. They have good visions, but why don't they accomplish them? Because they have bad cultures. The culture doesn't enable them to actually accomplish the vision. You say, what's the difference? Vision is a direction. Culture is an identity. Vision is what we're doing. Culture is who we're becoming. 
Vision is what we're focused on. Culture is who we are. It's the DNA. It's the atmosphere. It's the environment. It's the ethos. It's when you walk into any campus, what you feel and experience and smell and see and hear and touch. It's the environment. It's the culture. It's our identity. And if identity determines behavior, then you can actually not even have a vision, but if you have the right culture, you will actually accomplish the vision. Why? Because a culture conforms you, it changes you, it transforms you. Come on, this is so business people. Does your business, I bet your business has a great vision. Do you have the culture that will get you there? Every family has a vision to be a great family. Do you have the culture that will get you there? Come on, teams. You want to be a team? Every team wants to win the championship. Do you have the culture that will get you there? That so applies here, guys. Culture is way more important than our vision. I mean, think of Jesus. When Jesus showed up, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, he says, hey, I've brought the culture of heaven here. I've come to represent heaven to you. And it wasn't just him. At the end, he says to his disciples, which he says to us, as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. In other words, he says, go represent the culture of the kingdom wherever you go. So here's my question for you. Do you represent us? Are you our culture? If we all worship like you, are we a worshiping church? If we all engage like you, are we an engaging church? If we all serve like you, lead like you, give like you, are unified as you, are we then that kind of church? And the cool part is you're like, if you're like, no, man, as long as you're on the journey, that's the point. Come on, look at this. First century church, Acts chapter two, we talk about all the time. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I want you to think about this. Every day, new people were joining the church, but these were people from different languages different nationalities, different backgrounds, different experiences, different lifestyles, different places they grew up. They couldn't have been more different and yet they were coming together in Acts chapter two and two chapters later, look at what it says. All the believers, all of them now, were one in heart and mind and much grace was upon them all. In other words, in two chapters, they all became the same culture. And that's why by Acts 17, it says they turned the world upside down because they decided to say, I'm letting go of where I was and who I was. And now I'm a part of this. Come on. Here's the deal. Culture is everything that we're bringing to these new places. And here's what we say. We say things like this. Well, that's not how I grew up. The last church I was in, that's not how it was. I'm, I'm not used to that. I hear you. I get all that. But you're in a new family now. It's time to adapt and adjust to the new family. And when you start becoming the culture and you let it shape you so that it can shape others, that's when you move from saying, I go to Valley Creek to I am Valley Creek. I hope that every person in our church at some point makes that jump. I don't go to Valley Creek. I am Valley Creek. I can't go where I already am. (laughs) I am Valley Creek. We're not bringing buildings to these new places. We're bringing a culture, a people. Come on, hear me. You don't want to have a McDonald's attitude in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Right? Right? That ain't going to work for nobody for long. And so what I'm trying to say is we all come here with a McDonald's attitude. And we get transformed 
to having a Chick-fil-A perspective on the world. Oh, that's so good. Come on. It doesn't matter if you didn't do this when you grew up and you weren't like that in your last church and you're not yet there on your journey. Are you in progress with us? That is the point. We've got to be our culture. It's the most important thing that we have. Otherwise, we're just dropping buildings in and we ain't dropping buildings in. We're bringing a people, a culture, okay? And the last thing is just simply this, start or keep inviting people. Just because we build buildings doesn't mean people will come. They come when you invite them. We have to have a passion for the lost, the lonely, and the broken and go after it with everything that we've got. Now, here's what I need you to hear. This is why these are all so important because go to the next slide for me. Hear this. Without resources, we can't acquire campuses. Without leaders, we can't launch campuses. Without serve team members, we can't sustain campuses. Without culture, we can't have healthy campuses. And without inviting people... We don't need campuses. So hear me. We won't start campuses that we can't afford. So we can do this as fast as we're all willing to give. We won't launch campuses without leaders to lead them. So we can do this as fast as leaders arise. We can't sustain campuses without serve team members saying, I will give of my life to serve other people. We can't have healthy campuses unless we continue to adjust and shape and become the culture that that God has put on this family in this season. And we don't even need campuses if we're not willing to go out and invite people. We don't need to create new seats if we're not going to go invite people to come and sit in those seats and become hope carriers on the journey. Are you with me on that? See, at some point in time, every one of us on our journey with Jesus has to go from consumer to contributor. You have to move from the fringe to the family, from the sideline to the game. Like imagine if all you ever did was just consume like food. All you ever did was eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. You'd get sick, man. If all you ever do is consume all the good things that God does here, but you never contribute, you never move, you never allow things to start flowing through you, whether it's resources or time or servanthood or leadership or culture, or just like when we invite you to just pray out loud, like just raise your voice. That's our culture. Just, just do it because I want something to flow through me in Jesus' name. And it doesn't matter where you are. What matters is where you're going. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm so much farther than where I was. And so I'm moving forward in Jesus' name. That's what I love about our church. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. The whole point is just get in the game and take a step. And we'll help you right there. Come on. If you're here with us every week, all the time, you know. This is not a shame-inducing culture. This is not a guilting culture. This is not a heavy-condemning culture. No, this is a grace-based, Jesus-focused, spirit-filled, life-giving church. And sometimes the most life-giving thing... Sometimes the most life-giving thing I can say to you is, come on, be a part, move forward in Jesus' name. You with me on that? Okay, let me close it all with this. This whole missional move is not about them. It's about you. It's not about what God is going to do through you. It's about what God wants to do in you. It's the whole journey. In fact, here's the close to this whole thing. After 400 years of slavery, God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard their cry and I'm concerned of their suffering. The Israelites. 
And he says, so go, Moses, I'm sending you to help me set them free. Did God need Moses to set the Israelites free? No. Moses needed to be a part of what God was doing so Moses could become free. See, when God shows up and says, Moses, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard their cry and I'm concerned of their suffering. What he was really saying was, Moses, I've seen your misery. I've heard your cry. And I'm concerned about your suffering. So I'm going to give you a mission to come on with me so I can set you free. Because I remember Moses was a washed out shepherd on the backside of a desert. He had a broken past, an insecure present, and a fearful future. Isn't that us? Broken pasts, insecure presents, and fearful futures. And then he shows up and says, I've seen your misery, I've heard your cry, and I'm concerned of your suffering. So come with me on a great mission. Let's go do something together, not for them, but actually for you. So you can be free, and you can be whole, and you can learn to trust me on this journey. If you go to the map for me, Chris, this is a great invitation from God. Everything we need to do this is right here. The question is, is will you use what you have for the good of others and the glory of God? Come on, man. We were made to move mountains, walk on water, Fight giants in Jesus' name. And we're not where we're going, but we are so much farther. Come on. Than where we've been. So let's keep moving in Jesus' name. Close your eyes with me. Come on, real quick. What do you feel like the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today? Whatever campus you're at right now, whatever he's stirring up in your heart, I want you to just think about this. The very seat that you're sitting in was created by a missional move someone else took. And they made that move for you, not realizing that it was actually about what God was doing in them. And now he invites us to do the same. We're nine months into our two-year commitment, nine months into the four-year journey of launching all of these campuses. We are a movement of hope. And if you sit here today and feel like you don't have hope, the best way to find hope is to give it away to someone else. So Jesus, thank you for letting us be a part of it. Thank you for entrusting us with this great responsibility. Thank you that you see our misery and hear our cries and that you're concerned of our suffering just as much as those that we have yet to reach. So Lord, today I pray that a faith would rise up in each one of us to start or keep moving. In Jesus' name, hope is here because you are here. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.